and welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here, we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'll be talking with Isabella McMillan about how her life was changed after receiving an Operation Christmas Child shoebox when she was a young girl in Romania. I am telling you, this is an episode to share with your children. So gather around together and listen to Isabella tell her story. I guarantee your eyes and heart will be opened when you hear her reaction to hearing Bible stories for the very first time. When you hear how she felt when she discovered what church was and more. Plus, I promise you'll be excited to hear about how such a simple gift as a shoebox can make such a huge impact. And your eyes will be open to the incredible discipleship opportunities that you can take advantage of within your own home as well. So grab your kiddos and let's get started. You guys, welcome back. I am really, really excited about the conversation we're going to have today. It's with Isabella McMillan, who is with Operation Christmas Child, and she has a story to tell that I think is going to be eye-opening and really exciting for all of us families that, whether we've already done shoeboxes with Operation Christmas Child, or you've just considered it, or maybe you haven't even heard of it before, this is going to get you excited about the ministry of Operation Christmas Child and how your family can participate in impacting lives all around the world. So Isabella, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Leslie. Excited to be with you guys. Well, I am thrilled. We love the fact that God has allowed us to partner with Operation Christmas Child. Uh, We have such a similar approach, a similar mission in uh, getting families, getting people involved in both evangelism and discipleship all around the world. So really, really eager to dive in today. Uh, Why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself so that everybody has a little bit of context for who you are. Um, I know that you said that you've been with Operation Christmas Child for about 10 years as a spokesperson and then six years or so full time. But but how did you get connected with Operation Christmas Child in the first place? Well, uh, that is actually a very, very long story, Leslie. And uh, I, I do have the privilege right now to serve with Operation Christmas Child full time as the Speakers Bureau Manager. And as somebody who oversees the Speakers Bureau within Operation Christmas Child today, I have the opportunity to listen daily to many stories God has written on people's lives from all over the world mm. through simple shoeboxes. So I get to sit often face-to-face with beautiful smiling faces, um, people who have been ravaged by brokenness and abuse and hardship and poverty, and yet, they have the best smiles and beautiful stories to tell and reflect Jesus well. And they have been impacted through a simple Operation Christmas Child shoebox gift. And actually, that is exactly where my story starts as well, as I was personally impacted by a simple shoebox gift when I was 13 years old living in communist Romania. And now I get to sit here with Operation Christmas Child and give back through this ministry and seeing this ministry now truly full circle from every side. Well, that's, that is amazing. And I would love to have you tell our families out there your story of being impacted by the, the Operation Christmas Child box. But before I do, I, just in case anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, can you give us a little bit of kind of the, the flyover explanation of what these shoe boxes that you're referring to actually are so that they'll, they'll understand as you're telling your story here in just a second? 
Absolutely. Operation Christmas Child is a ministry of Samaritan Spurs, which probably many of the listeners have heard about. And since 1993, through this ministry, we have collected and delivered more than 178 million shoebox gifts. Just think about it. 178 million children have been impacted through this ministry in more than 160 countries around the world. And this ministry takes simple gift filled shoe boxes, hygiene items, school supplies, toys, and delivers them around the world through ministry partners that we have as simple gospel opportunities. And mm. that is where our focus is. Every single one of the shoe boxes becomes a gospel opportunity in the hands of those children. And I am here before you today as just one of those lives that have been touched out of 178 million around the world. That is so amazing. Well, I love the fact that this is a ministry that families of any age, any economic status, any, you know, no matter where you are in your Christian journey, this is a ministry that you can get involved in and that your children can personally get involved in. So just so our families can really truly understand the impact of these boxes, would you tell us your story of how, you know, one family's packing a shoebox changed the course of your life? Absolutely. And for for that to be well understood, let me just start all the way at the beginning. Uh, Obviously, by now, probably every single listener could tell that I have a little bit of an accent and it's not a Southern (laughs) one, even though I live in North Carolina. Um, But my accent originally comes from Romania. So I grew up in communist Romania. So when I was born, communism was already in place in Romania. And what that meant for us, it was actually a lot of different things, but we were not allowed to worship or even say the name of God out loud because that Mm. alone could have cost our lives. Owning a Bible could have easily cost our lives. And while the spiritual darkness was truly raging through communism, severe poverty was also a big challenge for my family. We lived in a small two-room apartment And that was really our safe haven where my mom and dad strategized daily on what food to put on the table or how to buy new shoes for us growing kids, how to how to get us clothes. I still remember mom's hands were often bleeding um, as she worked so hard to wash our clothes and sometimes even just standing next to a candlelight to try to do our homework because we didn't have electricity except for the very rare occasions where the government decided that we could have electricity. We have had hot water two hours a week. So our shower time, our bath time, we didn't take showers because that was very, very wasteful in our minds, mm. but we would fill up our bathtub with warm water once a week. And that's that would be when we would clean ourselves. Um, My older brother, who is three years older than me, he was in charge of looking after me while mom and dad worked tirelessly 14-hour days in a factory daily. And they were very, very hardworking people. And everybody worked very hard, but the government just controlled everything. And so what we had was bare minimum. So my brother and I quickly became independent and we spent much time standing in long lines for everything from bread to milk and very rarely we would get meat. Um, But I even remember those times of standing in long lines became excitement in our lives because then something would happen. And just to share with you a a story that I so vividly remember, the longest line that I remember ever staying in was about 27 hours. 
Wow. And we would plant ourselves in line because we heard word that something was coming. And most times we had no idea what we would get when it was actually time to get something at the grocery store because stores were completely empty. So we planted ourselves in this line and we had no idea what we would get. And 27 hours later, after standing and taking turns, you know, I would sit down, take a little nap. Then I would stand up. My brothers would sit down, take a little nap. And that's how everybody did it. And after 27 hours, we received for the very first time ever, never seen before, never heard of it before, but that was the first time we have ever seen and ate bananas. Hmm. And so we got four bananas for the four of us, and they were as green as green can get. And we had no <laughs> idea that bananas are not supposed to be green because we didn't have bananas in our ABC books for B. So my mom and dad, they were much smarter than us, and they knew that bananas were supposed to be yellow. And I will never forget the two days we had to wait for those bananas to turn yellow on the top of our cupboard. And that was just torturous time for us as kids, you know, waiting. <laughs> the anticipation. That <laughs> That's right. And then we ate those bananas. And I look back now, we ate them peel and everything because we had no idea you're supposed to peel them. And they were actually pretty good even with the peel on. And I wow. knew that we were not supposed to just... Uh, we even if we knew, I don't think we would have thrown away the peel, <laughs> you know. But it was during that time that God reached into our gloomy world and and really started shaping me in a very unique way. And the way He started doing that, when I was seven years old, my brother and I found a hidden Bible in the floorboard of our house by accident, mm. as and this was the very first time that we ever heard the name of God or have seen the Bible. And the stories in this book just captured our hearts. And we became so hungry to know more. And despite of the potential harm, we began to read the Bible and, and fell in love with its stories. And God started working on my heart and shaping me through this tiny little black Bible in the floorboard of our house. And then as an 11-year-old, one of my classmates invited me to, to go with him to this little underground church he has been attending. And I had no idea what church was, what it meant, what people would do at a church. And underground church, a lot of people think different things when they hear that word. But for us, it was just a small little house that didn't look anything different than all the other houses. And it was a mile away from our house. And we were going there Saturday nights after dark by schedule. And the reason why that was it because uh, they wanted to make sure that everybody was not arriving at the same time. Mm. It was only about 12 of us kids who were going there and a pastor there was reading us stories from this book. And I still remember it was the big yellow hardcover uh, book. And he was reading stories to us. And as he was reading his stories, one day, I remember just connecting the dots. And I realized the book he was reading from was the exact same book that we had in the floorboard of our house. And I got so excited. And I had no idea what this pastor was doing at this point. But I see it now as I look back. What he did, he took me under his wing and my brother. And he started discipling us. He allowed us to ask questions. Wow. You see, he couldn't pray with us uh, while we were at this church. He couldn't tell us uh, exactly the meaning behind the words of the stories he was reading. All he could do is just silently pray in his heart that we will understand on our own because 
if he was to pray or explain anything to us, he would put his church and us and himself in pretty serious danger. Mm. Because even for us as newcomers, he didn't know if we were safe or we were maybe spies that were implemented by the government. He always had to be very careful. But he opened this door for my brother and I to ask questions. And we would stay afterwards and we would ask him so many questions. We wanted to know so many things. And I still remember the first time that this pastor taught me how to pray. I was 13 years old and it was about two years after we started going to this little underground church. And I wanted to see snow outside so that we could make the best of the cold and dark winter days. Mm -hmm. my, my desire was very, very simple. And my prayers were very, very simple. I went to church and I asked this pastor, can you teach me how to pray? And he asked me why I wanted to pray. I said, because it's cold outside and I don't like it. <laughs> and it's five at 5.30, it gets dark. And my parents don't let us go outside and play in the winter when it's dark, unless if it snows outside. And so if it snows, then we can have fun and we can go outside past 5.30 and have a fun and good winter instead of just mm -hmm. be bored inside in the dark where we don't have electricity. So he sat me down. And he taught me for the first time ever how to pray. And I will never forget it, how simply he put it. And this is what I use even today on how to teach my own children how to pray. He said to me, sit down and talk to God like he's your best friend sitting right there next to you. Tell him what's on your heart, what's on your mind, and he will answer. And so I thought that I hit the lottery. I mean, <laughs> he is this big God. I can ask him anything I want. I can talk to him like he's my best friend sitting right there next to me. And he will answer my requests because this pastor told me God always answers prayers. And so my prayers were very, very simple, but very expectant. Mm. I read much about God and I knew many stories, but I wanted God to prove to me that he exists by giving me snow. But then what happened is that he didn't answer my prayer for three months. Mm. And just as I was ready to give up on him, my answer came in a very unexpected way. And that was wrapped in a colorful, beautiful shoebox. <laughs> and within this box, I found many things that were brand new. And I will never forget that day when this lady handed me this box and it was just for me with no strings attached. Mm. We have never received something without giving something back in return. And it was just the most beautiful picture of God's mm. grace. Wow. That is freely given to each of us. And to this day, I look back to that moment and that was the moment where I, understood what grace really means hmm. that I am given something without having to give back something in return and I don't deserve it and I don't have to earn it, but it's simply mine and it's given to me. And that is how this lady handed this beautifully wrapped shoebox into my hands. And I have never seen anything that colorful before. <laughs> and as I opened it up, it was filled with Everything was new. It smelled so good. I have never smelled anything so good. That soap in that shoebox made everything just smell so 
good. Wow. I mean, it was new and colorful and school supplies that I have never even dreamt of having. I was the coolest kid on the block for the next school year. But in the corner of my box was this little item. I didn't really know what to think of it. I had no idea what it was. It was silver and blue and it was kind of round. And I took it out to figure out what is this little thing? And a little boy who was passing me by, he saw me holding it and he took my hand with his hand and he said, oh, you have to shake it, shake it. That's how that works. <laughs> and as he shook this little thing in my hand, it was a beautiful snow globe that just one of a sudden started snowing inside of it, this beautiful silver glitter snow like I have never seen before. Mm. And in that moment, I understood that that little snow globe was, was God answering my prayers. Wow. He knew my name and he knew the desires <laughs> of my heart. And those are the things that I realized in that moment because I knew so much about him. I have been reading his word for almost six years by that point. And I knew the stories. I knew about him. But there's such a difference between knowing about him and knowing him. Mm. And for me, that was the moment of that connection, those critical 18 inches between my mind and my heart that he made sense for the first time. And I understood that he knows me as an individual that he sees me and he knew that I was ready to give up on him and he was not ready to give up on me. And so it was on that day for me that I decided to follow him for the rest of my life. Wow. And looking back, I see God's hand over that portion of my story so strongly because that was the moment where he gripped my heart and he started truly shaping me for the for the rest of my faith journey. So that is how my story connects back to Operation Christmas Child. And that is really the beginning of my faith journey. So that is, that is really the background story that I wanted uh, the listeners to hear how impactful that simple little thing can be, even though I know many of you probably have packed shoeboxes before and snow globes no longer are allowed because there's liquid <laughs> inside and it can break and it come out. But what remains the same is that every shoebox becomes a gospel opportunity. And we have seen over and over and over again how God is answering specific prayer requests through specific shoeboxes that people like you who are listening are packing in your homes with your children, with your families. And God is using that to, to bring the gospel into the farthest corners of the world, into even places where spiritual darkness is raging. And that's what I experienced. Well, that is that that is such an amazing story. And because I hope that we have a lot of, of children listening with their families to this one, I wanted to ask you a few follow up questions, because you said some things that are so impossible for us here in America to conceive of right now that I just I wanted you to kind of go back in your story a little bit. You talked about finding a Bible hidden in your floorboard. Did you ever find out whose it was or how it got there or anything like that? Yes, that is actually a really good question, you know, and there's so many more details. We were just at home 
playing in the house, my brother and I, waiting for mom and dad to come home. And we noticed that there was uh, something underneath the area rug in our living room. So we pulled up the area rug just in curiosity. And one of the tiles of our wooden floor was loose. So we popped that up and we realized it was a little hole that our hand could fit in. And we pulled out this little Bible. And when we told mom and dad, my dad actually, he was scared because wow. they were the ones who were hiding that Bible in there. And actually huh. what we found that much later in life is that they were reading it the night before and they were tucking it back in, hiding it from us because we were so young. They were afraid that we would say something that people would know that we have this little book in our house and they knew that it could cost our lives. And so my dad actually took that book from us and he said, do not ever take it out again. And he hid it back there and do not tell anybody what you found. Mm. And, you know, I mean, you tell a child not to do something and it becomes a little more exciting, right? We were just <laughs> human beings, just children. And mm. so we figured what we did from that day on, we, we just wanted to know the next story. And we would just take this out and read the stories and we would hide it right back in before mom and dad would come home. That's how we kept on learning the stories. And actually it was a process even for my dad to get to a point to allow us to start going to this little underground church. And, you know, a lot of begging and a lot of, hmm. please let us do this. My, my classmates has been, my classmate has been going and he's been safe. And, you know, so it, it was quite the process um, but my parents, that was their source of hope. Um, that is where they found their hope. And, Amazing. And they were hiding it because they wanted to make sure. We were just not yet old enough for them to feel safe to tell us about right. it. And, and God used that. You know, I'm not proud of the fact that I was disobedient to mom and dad. So for those of you <laughs> kiddos who are listening, that's not the moral of the lesson uh, here. Um, but God used that in our lives in just beautiful ways of, of growing us and starting us on this, on this faith journey. You know, it's I, for my kids who, you know, David and I have raised them in a Christian home since they were born. Thinking about hearing those Bible stories or reading those accounts for the first time is something that it, there's no way they can remember the first time that they heard these things because they've heard them their whole life. And for most of the boys and girls that are listening here, they too have heard these stories for their whole life. Going to church is not a danger. It's, it's something that they enjoy doing because they know that their friends are there and they know that, you know, everything that goes on there are things that they love. And so it's so interesting and so impactful to hear, even in the tone of your voice as you were telling about hearing those things for the first time, just wanting to know what the next story was. And it would do all of us so much good to, to look through those eyes as we are praying about how we can get involved in this ministry. Imagine what it would be like to hear those stories, to be confronted, confronted with the truths of the gospel for the very first time and to know, to know that you are the one that God used to minister in that way. It's such an amazing opportunity for our families. And it's such a great discipleship tool for parents to use with their children because we're teaching our kids to look way outside of themselves. Um, so just to share a personal, a little bit of personal account of our packing bags when the kids were younger, packing boxes when the kids were younger, I have two boys and two girls. So 
we always did at least one boy and one girl box. And as they kind of got older, we, we were doing more up to two boys and two girl boxes because um, everybody, you know, had to do their own thing and have their own input. But it was always a challenge to me um, and really a rebuke to me. For my kids, as they were packing those boxes, they took such care and concern with what they chose. And, and it was very personal to them. It was almost as if they could imagine the child on the other end. Mm-hmm. For me, as an adult, it wasn't that I, I wasn't thinking in the same with that childlike faith, that expectation. I think you even mentioned you were praying expectantly. Children tend to do that. And so yeah. we really need as parents to to get that childlike faith and expectation back into the way that we're approaching all of our ministry outlets. But especially in something like this, where you have such a profound impact through really for us, what is a very small gift. I mean, you, you were talking about the soap and the school supplies and how it smelled. And, and those are things that we would overlook. It never dawned on me that those little soaps that we were putting in there would make the whole box smell in such a way that it would actually brighten the day of someone. It's just soap, you know, um, for, for us, we just jumped right over it. But in the hands of our good loving savior, that is an amazing tool to reach the heart of someone. And I think they're just... Leslie, even even if I can just insert here, just even watching my own children packing shoeboxes, you know, how they're excited. They they think with that beautiful mind of a child, of, of thinking of the other child, of what they're going to like. My kids always want to get what they would like because they think right. that another child would also like that, right? And so what I what I would encourage all of our listeners, children, adults alike, what I challenge myself with every time I pack a shoebox is not to see a shoebox, but to see the face of a child. Imagine yes. the face of a child. Imagine a beating heart. Imagine a life that you are impacting. And when you start thinking about that, then the shoebox, it's not about the items anymore, but it becomes about the gospel opportunity that it brings into, into a community, into a family. Um, it impacted my family. It impacted my community. And we are seeing that now with Operation Christmas Child through our discipleship program. We have mm. this beautiful follow-up discipleship program called The Greatest Journey, after children receive the shoeboxes, we invite them back to come and, and join with trained teachers that we train all around the world and learn how to do life with Jesus. We don't just want to share Jesus with them and then send them home to figure it out. I was very blessed that I already had a pastor who was discipling me, but we want to provide that discipleship mm. for them. And it's just a beautiful way that we can do that. And one fun thing that I have been doing with my children, and I would also recommend for, for listeners and children here to do, we have this Greatest Journey Discipleship Program in the form of an app now that is completely free on the app store. And oh, my children awesome. at home, they love playing this app. And, and they're learning the same 12 stories 
that children all around the world who are receiving their shoe boxes that they packed are also learning. So how fun is that? So go to the app store and look up the Greatest Journey app and it's completely free, highly recommended for children ages five to nine. Um, my own children, they are eight. My daughter is eight and my son is 10, almost 11 years old and they both absolutely love it. And they learn the same lessons uh, as children all around the world who receive shoe boxes. So we talk about that as we pack boxes. Now imagine this child is going to learn the same lessons you have just mm. played in this app and you learned all these stories and how to do life with Jesus. So just such a beautiful, um, beautiful circle that we can provide for children who receive our shoe boxes. It, it's not just a gift. It's the gift of discipleship and a faith journey for them. Wow. Wow. Well, we are, you know, our theme for the the year this year at Teach Them Diligently is Families on Mission. And so uh, this October, we are actually going to be partnering with you guys to uh, see how many shoeboxes we can mobilize our families to put together. Um, so I wanted to make sure that we, we tell everybody about that. Now, in our new app, there is a, a button at the bottom of the homepage for Operation Christmas Child. And through that, you can get all the information that you need about packing your box and sending it in and uh, just participating in this Families on Mission initiative in October. But is there anything else that they would need to know about, you know, kind of getting started with their participation? Well, as you start packing shoeboxes, first of all, right, we all have been entrusted with the awesome opportunity and responsibility of shaping the hearts and minds of our children. And as a teacher for 13 years and as a parent of two children, you know, I love teaching them the Great Commission in Action. So this is the great commission in action we can do with our children by packing shoebox gifts with your family, getting your family locally to think globally. And I did the same thing at the small Christian school where I taught for, uh, for 10 years. And I love just simply translating the cause of evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. And you can go to our website, SamaritanSpurs.org slash OCC, and you can find there um, even just what to pack in a shoebox suggestions. Uh, You can find fun little videos on how to pack a shoebox. We even have fun ones that would be really cool to watch with your children because they're funny Mm -hmm. and and playful and and it involves children. You can find so many great resources there. But the big general rule, don't put anything in the shoeboxes that can hurt the shoebox, can destroy it like liquids, or can hurt the child. Things like war items, medicine, anything that can hurt a child, we want to stay away from it, anything that can hurt a shoebox. And other than that, just think about school supplies, hygiene items, simple things that children around the world do not have, but we can supply that for them. One of the big things that we love to do as a family and we encourage every packer to do is to put a wow item in mm. every single shoebox. And we call it a wow item. What, what makes a child open a box and say, wow, for me was that snow globe. But can you imagine if a child sees a soccer ball when, mm. when they open that shoebox with a pump attached to it, right? So they can blow it up. Or a little girl that sees a beautiful stuffed animal or a doll, something that just really uh, just gasps their hearts. Um, 
always, always want to put something that, that really wows those children. And then we want to encourage everyone to also attach the $9 suggested donation that allows for those shoeboxes to make it to their destination and also provides the training uh, for our teachers to present the gospel um, at those outreach events where the children are receiving the shoeboxes, as well as a beautiful little booklet uh, called The Greatest Gift that tells mm. the children about Jesus. And through this little booklet, actually, a lot of families also come to know Jesus. So mm. a lot of beautiful things that you are providing for children all around the world uh, with the power of a shoebox and through the power of the gospel in this way. It's pretty amazing how God can use such little things, such insignificant seeming things uh, to make mm. such an impact. One more thing that I wanted to ask you before you know we, we go our separate ways today is it, how, do, how do the families actually deliver these? So are, are they gonna need to be able to mail them back to you guys or are there other ways that they can make sure that they get to you? That is a great question. So every year we have what we call National Collection Week, and that is always the third week of November. And again, on the same website, SamaritanSpurs.org slash OCC, you can just type in your zip code during that time. You can pack all year long and just hold on to your shoeboxes. And during the third week of November, we have we partner all across this country with about 5,000 churches. You just put in your zip code and we give you the closest location, the closest church where you can drop off your shoeboxes. And I know this year is a little bit different and, and there's a little bit of hesitancy potentially from people. So we are going to be providing opportunities for touchless drop-off locations where you can just drive up, you just push the button on your trunk and our volunteers are going to remove the shoeboxes from 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 your car and bring it into our drop-off locations. And from there, they are going to be coming to our processing centers and prepared for international shipping. And then we will deliver them uh, to over 160 different countries around the world through our ministry partners locally uh, around the world. So make sure you go to our website, SamaritanSpurs.org slash OCC, type in your zip code in the zip code locator, and then you will find the closest drop-off location near you. Well, Isabella, thank you so much for, for telling us your story today, for, for helping really enlarge our vision for what these simple gifts can do. And I hope that for all of the rest of you that are listening, uh, that you're, you're excited now. I hope your kids are excited now. Um, and I hope that we just flood Operation Christmas Child with Teach Them Diligently boxes this November. Amen. Amen. I am so excited to, to have you guys packing shoeboxes, I believe this will be a great discipleship opportunity within your own families, with your own children as well. And happy packing. That's right. That's right. So you guys have an awesome rest of your day and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently. And we'd love to hear from you. 
Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within his families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.